Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. I have to apologize, my voice has been hoarse for the past few days, so it's not your imagination. I do sound different today, that's why. Thankfully, I feel all right, I just don't sound (laughs) too good. Today's episode is brought to you by the Digital Strategist Newsletter, which is available right now at jimsnewsletter.com. This is my free monthly newsletter. I think you'll enjoy it, so be sure to sign up for it if you haven't already. All the back issues are available there at jimsnewsletter.com as well if you want to check those out. And this episode is also brought to you by OneToManySystem.com. This is a combination of business plan and marketing strategy that allows you to scale your business without needing a team of people or full-time employees to manage the moving parts. I can almost guarantee this can change the way you see the future of your business. So if you haven't done so, Go ahead and check out the free presentation that's available right now at OneToManySystem.com. All right. Well, let me talk for as long as my voice will hold out. Let me just get right to the point. There's three things that I want to share with you today, three very important things that I think are imperative if you want to have a successful online business in 2023. There used to be things that we could get away with that we didn't really have to focus on. And a lot of people are discovering that it's really not the case anymore. So as we look forward, I don't like looking back. I enjoy looking back at the positive things, but I don't like looking back and thinking, oh, it used to be easier then, or there was less competition then, or those kinds of things. I think that's kind of obvious. And so, you know, you make the best of the tools that you have to work with, the situation that you have to work with. But let's not just, you know, gloss over it. Let's just actually look at some things that I think will be key to how you can grow an online business in 2023. Three things, not two things, three things. What are they? Number one, you need an audience. That can be on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, etc. We explain all of these, but let me just give you the three right up front. Number two. You must have this audience on a mailing list that you personally control. You can't rely on updates from YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn or anywhere else. And number three, you must have products to sell them. So those three things, audience, email list, and products. A lot of people have two of the three. Now imagine this, you have an audience but you don't have a list. Or imagine having a Facebook group or a YouTube channel that attracts an audience. That's great, but without having these people on an email list, you're gonna struggle to turn a significant percentage of this audience into paying customers. Now, I can make a compelling case for why this is true, and if I had more vocal power, maybe I'd do that, but if I have to convince you of this right here, right now, then you're probably not in the place. And I'm talking about your headspace now. You're probably not in the place yet where you'll commit to building a list. So it's one thing to know that you should do something and it's another thing to make the commitment to go ahead and follow through on that. Likewise, if you have a list 
and you have products, but you don't have an audience, you're going to struggle to build your business. Now, let me explain what I mean by this. Some people may say, well, isn't a list and the audience the same thing? Are you just you know, playing with words here? Let me explain what I'm talking about. You and I are not the only games in town. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter whether we sell a combination of products, services, or just one or just the other. Now, I know you already realize this. I'm just reminding you because context is what's important here. Let me give you an example. Imagine this. All right, we're looking at, we're outsiders looking at someone else's situation here. Okay, someone gets three emails a week in a single week from people selling a similar product. So this one individual goes into their inbox and during a seven-day period, they get three different emails from three different sellers all selling a similar product. Now, seller number one is a person they bought an ebook from, let's say, three years ago. The ebook was all right. You probably don't remember the ebook that you read three years ago, but you remember that you bought an ebook from this person. Okay, seller number two is the person from a company they used to buy software from in the past. So this person isn't an unknown, and for whatever reason, maybe they don't use that software anymore, they use a different solution. It wasn't a bad piece of software or anything like that, but you know, times change and the solutions we use change with the times. Seller number three is someone whose weekly video, audio, or written content is something that this person consumes on a regular basis. It's created by someone they enjoy hearing from on a regular basis. So maybe you have someone that you enjoy listening to on a weekly basis. You listen to their audios, you listen to their videos, you follow them. In other words, they're part of what you do on a weekly basis. So you have these three individuals all pitching a similar product. Which of these three sellers has the advantage and why? Now, if we're going to answer that question with 2023 in mind, it's going to be seller three. Now, think about this for a minute. Every single one of us, I would say at least 99% of us, are part of someone else's audience. In other words, we watch certain video channels, we listen to certain podcasts, we read certain bloggers' content because we enjoy it. We enjoy hearing from them. They make us think. They give us insights. They're entertaining. They, they keep us up to date with things. Whatever the reason is, we get content from them. We consume their content on a regular basis. It could be daily. It could be weekly. Now, that's the difference between having an audience as opposed to you bought an ebook from somebody you know, a year ago, even six months ago, and you're on their list. And the only time you hear from them is when they have something else to sell. Do you see that that creates a much different type of connection just being on a list than being part of someone's audience. In order to be successful, remember I said you need three things. You need an audience. Now to have an audience, you have to create content on a regular basis. It's the reason why today I'm sitting here talking to you. Those of you who enjoy listening to me, even though I have a hoarse voice, even though today, to be honest with you, I'd rather be resting my voice and just releasing this podcast episode maybe two or three days into the future. However... It's important to keep on a schedule, and I know there's people that look forward to listening to this podcast every 
Well, I guess it depends where you are in the world, but you know, late Tuesday, early Wednesday, somewhere in there. And so that's why I've committed to making this content. There's people that have daily podcasts on different topics that I listen to. Maybe I don't listen to them every day, but they're out there. They're putting out this content regularly. And sometimes I just enjoy listening to them just for entertaining purposes. Now, if they contact me, then the way I approach what they're going to send me in the inbox is going to be completely different than the person that I bought the ebook from, let's say, three years ago or from the person I used to buy software from. That level of engagement just isn't as strong, it isn't as high, however you wanna position that. So you don't have an audience until you create a connection and maintain that connection between yourself and others. And this is one of the reasons why people experience drop off after a while. Now for years, people have created audiences on social media. But remember, I said there's three things that you need. An audience isn't enough. You know, people tried, and it used to be possible. A lot of people did this. Lori is an example of this. She used to do business using Facebook exclusively. This was before I met her. We're talking about going back now to 2008. I didn't know her yet. I didn't meet her until uh, 2010. Or was it? Yeah, 2010. And so... She did her business. She ran an, a local art gallery without having a website yet. That didn't come until after we connected. And she sold stuff. When I say sold stuff, she did all the communication, all the promotion, everything on Facebook without paying a dime for advertising. She grew the business and became the most successful art gallery at the time, winning the in the local magazines and newspapers awards for her gallery. And uh, tough business, the gallery business. and But that's another story. But uh, she won the, these awards just using Facebook, just marketing from Facebook. And I learned how Facebook worked from talking to her and watching what she was doing. And there weren't any real courses out back then on how to do it. She just had a background in business like I did. And she just jumped in and started doing the hard work. She was on Facebook probably a good eight hours a day talking with people, showing pieces of artwork, and then her reputation grew like that, but she committed to it. And I have to admit that it was fun. It was fun for a lot of us. And just like anything else, I think if you do something long enough, kind of like the newness of it wears off. In the case of Facebook, the platform itself changed, and she could never do what she did back then today because it's a different platform altogether. And it's a pay-to-play system now. But not to get too into that, there's always something right now that's going to work much better now than it will, let's say, two or three years from now. So three things you need. You need the audience. You need the list. Now, again, today, if we try to do that on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or even on YouTube, what's going to happen? We're not going to be able to contact the bulk of the people who are subscribed to us who are in our audience, unless we have those names on the list, because without the list, they may not get the update that we have new content, or they may miss it, or there's some time-sensitive information. The inbox is still the number one place as far as important communication. That's where it needs to take place. You get on somebody's list, and when that content comes in, when that information comes in, you read the content, and you're going to get a different type of experience than if you just listen to the content from the position of being in the audience. I hope that makes sense. And number three, you need products to sell because a lot of people have an audience, 
but they don't have any products and they're putting all of this time and energy into building up this audience, but they really don't have anything to sell them or they have the wrong products or they have the same thing that hundreds of other people are selling. And so now there's ways to differentiate yourself. And in the past, what marketers would do, smart marketers, is they would create specific bonuses just for their audience. And sometimes the bonus would be even more attractive than the main offer. I don't see that too much, especially in some of the tech space spaces where people just, they're an affiliate for a plugin or some piece of software, and there's hundreds of others. And you can see that on Facebook. I mean, there's like 101 people talking about WordPress plugins, where WordPress is going, WordPress news, and all of that. And okay, that's fine that you have that information, but a lot of these people are stuck at a certain plateau. They're not growing their audiences any further. And so in order to differentiate yourself, and you know, like they say, you don't have a second chance to make a first impression, the first impression is you're just another cookie in the jar. I heard that saying a long time ago. If you're too common, you're just another cookie in the jar. If you're too much like everybody else, you're just another cookie in the jar. It's not that people won't uh, like what you have to offer. It's just that you'll find growth to be very difficult. So you want to do something that other people in this niche aren't doing. You just don't want to be another me too. And every single one of us, myself included, learn how to grow by being another me too and experiencing that firsthand. I know what it's like to be another me too. Matter of fact, when I look at my whole career over like 23 years now, I would say that I spent a whole bunch of that time just being another me too person. Now, some people would disagree with that. Some people would say, if you talk to some of my clients, no, you were always the, the we always thought you were the best at what you did. That's why we've done business with you for as long as we have. I appreciate that, but in my perspective from where I'm sitting, I don't have like specialized knowledge that only two, like 2% of the people on the planet have. Now, maybe I have a specialized way of communicating it or explaining certain things, but I really think that what made my business stick uh, besides, you know, I have to give God the credit. There's things that happened that I couldn't have done in my own power that opened up doors for me that I couldn't have done in my with my own ingenuity. Things just happened. Some people say, oh, that's just, that was just luck. You were just in the right place at the right time. Me, I give God credit when things like that happen. That's just how I look at things. That's the mindset that I have. But, you know, all of that aside, the things that were in my power to do were to be all of the things to my clients that I wanted the people to be to me. You know what that old saying, do unto others as they would do unto you? I replied to my customers, my clients, every single one of them right away as quickly as possible. I never made people wait for deliverables. I always did what I said I was going to do and I tried to do a little bit extra. In other words, I put in the hard work. So I don't think there's any way of getting around that, right? Even if you are different, even if you are unique, if you're kind of lazy, well, that's going to come back to bite you sometimes. And uh, yeah, I know what that's like also from firsthand experience. I guess I'm telling you this because we, have, we all have more in common than people realize. I think people are always thinking, what's the secret? What's the secret? I used to think that myself. You know, what's the secret? Is there some secret software that I'm not aware of that once I buy it is going to increase my business by 25%. Um, you know, I think maybe the big secret is there is no secret. There's nothing out there that's secret information. There's just stuff that you haven't learned yet or things that you don't know yet.
All right, let's get back to what I was saying. Um, now, creating a connection between yourself and others, that's how you build an audience. Is it easy to do? Well, almost everything in life seems hard at first. It seems hard, it feels hard until it isn't. So yes, this may feel hard doing this at the very beginning, but if it makes you feel any better, there's a whole lot of other people out there experiencing the exact same thing, feeling the exact same thing, thinking the exact same thoughts that you're thinking and feeling. Now, someone might say, hey, Jim, you know what? I just want to work smarter, not harder. But, you know, I have to counter with this. Before you succeed, everything is harder. <laughs> let, me, let me say this again. Before you succeed, everything is harder. Even the smarter feels hard before success comes. Now, after some success comes, you can often find yourself in a place where you begin to learn some of the earlier lessons all over again. The difference is this time, you learn them in a way that's deeper and more meaningful, which leads to much better results. You reinvest again and you get back more every time. Okay, let me talk about WordPress a little bit before my voice completely gives out today. WordPress has been my go-to software of choice since around 2007. And recently, WordPress has been going through somewhat of a process of reinventing itself since it rolled out its block-based Gutenberg editor. Gutenberg, of course, you know, the inventor of the printing press. They named it after him. The Gutenberg block-based editor was released as a part of WordPress 5.0. I believe it was in late, maybe December of 2018. Now, why did they make the change? I believe the official statement was that they wanted to help streamline site creation, website creation, and website editing. And WordPress introduced the uh, content blocks, like I was saying, in that 5.0 version. I've also heard it said that it was a necessary step to compete in the years ahead with products such as Wix and other site builders. Now, Here's the thing, there's all kinds of arguments and there's all kinds of um, uh, disappointment that you see in what used to be this big, vibrant online community. And I've enjoyed meeting people in the WordPress community and perhaps in some ways they are my favorite community You know, in the business world in general. If I looked at the group as a whole, I would have to say they're one of my, my favorite communities to participate in. Maybe a little more so in the past than, than right now, but I'll explain in just a second. Over the past few years, uh, many have had the desire to build a, and I say the last few years, let's say twenty eight since 2018, they've had the desire to build a consensus opinion on the direction of the product. Now, why is WordPress even really that important? Well, it's important because, well, in one way, a lot of casual users of the product don't think about it very much. It's just open source. It's a content management system. But a lot of businesses rely on this CMS, this product, to run their businesses, to run their marketing for business growth. And so it does play an important part because it's just like any other type of system. You don't realize how important that is until the system begins to break down. And so we've seen a little bit of that happening over the past few years. And depending on your opinion, you may say, well, Jim, there's been a lot of that happening. But this desire to build 
a consensus opinion on what direction the product should take as it moves into the future, instead of building what I guess you could call a general consensus, I think we see the exact opposite of that happening. There's more division than ever in this space, and a lot of people have written about it over the past few years. You know, on a, on a funny note, it kind of reminds me of the history of ice cream over the past hundred years. You had three flavors a hundred years ago that dominated chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. I'm sure they're all pretty popular. Neapolitan ice cream brought all three together in a single container, chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry, side by side. Today, we have dozens of flavors to choose from, plus other closely related options such as yogurt or some of the fat-free alternatives. But the point here is that once the box is open, there's no going back. And in the tech space, be it WordPress or anything else, people are no longer satisfied with how the chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry recipes have evolved. Things just don't taste as good as they once did. And so this once large cohesive group has broken off into many smaller subgroups. And if you're a student of history or you like reading about history, you think about how you can compare companies to empires. You know, empires last a certain amount of time. I think their lifespan is around a few hundred years. And after that, they begin to fragment. They begin to dissolve from the inside. It's true of the Roman Empire. It's true of the British Empire. It's true of the American Empire, which is in decline. And I don't say that to make people angry. I'm just saying it for what it is. Historically speaking, empires don't last and I think it has to do more with human nature than anything else. But success doesn't always breed more success, or maybe it does up to a point. But then we begin to see that things begin to take a turn in the opposite direction. And I'm not saying that WordPress is going to fall apart or the community is gone forever, but it's not going to be the same going forward as it used to be. We can ask the question, is WordPress still a reliable content management system? to build your website and landing pages over? I would say, sure, absolutely. Should you be using WordPress to build your membership sites or your learning management systems? Should you be using WordPress to manage your bookkeeping and invoicing activities? Should you be using WordPress to manage your help desk and whatever other types of systems that your business may require? And I think that questions like that can only be answered accurately on a case-by-case -case basis. It really does depend. Now, personally, I'd rather have my memberships hosted by a SaaS type of service that somebody else manages and maintains. However, if I was just starting out, I would probably do the same thing I did a decade ago when I was managing everything with WordPress on a server that I controlled to avoid the overhead that comes with paying for all of these monthly premium services and subscriptions. So to sum it up, remember, keep an eye, keep close tabs on three things as you move into 2023. Your audience, maintain that connection with people they need to hear or to see you regularly. Your list, you need a list so that you're not a stranger to your audience's inboxes and your products, whether you create the products or you're an affiliate or a combination of the two, nothing happens business-wise until you start making sales. Does all this take a little bit of time? Yes, but it doesn't have to take forever. Walking a mile takes a little time. It's better to walk the mile and complete it than to attempt to run the mile and then injure yourself halfway through. 
But no matter how you feel about the journey at any given point, you'll get there by simply continuing to put one foot in front of the other and it works the same way in business. Okay, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'm going to put the bookmarker in it there. That's about all for today. I need to give my voice a little bit of a rest here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them or you can send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. Back episodes can be found there as well. Thank you again for listening. Have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you later. 